The G.I. Jake Show starts now on Fan Run Radio. And welcome in to the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio, live on the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It is February 28th, Tennessee, taking on Auburn tonight at Thompson Bowling Arena. I refuse to call it the Food City Center. The words got taken down. Did you see that? Oh, I did, and I was not happy. was not happy. Didn't they go back? I thought they were going to put they're it gonna, back up. They're going to yeah. put it back up there. It's coming back. Tennessee enters this game tonight as a six-and-a-half-point favorite in which the last four games Tennessee will control its own destiny with the path to the SEC regular season title as well as a potential number one seed in the NCAA tournament. We all know our leaders. Dalton Connect, Jonas Adu, Zakai Ziegler, Johnny Broom. Johnny Broom, Johnny Broom. He's probably going to lead Auburn in points and rebounds tonight. That's just what that guy does. Trey Donaldson, his team's assist leader with 3.2 a game. Like I said, we are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I guess Vegas is expecting a lot of points. Over-under set at 151-and-a-half for tonight's game. I expect Tennessee to come out. I expect them to come out probably slow out of the gate, but then turn it on in the second half. I expect it to be a close game in the first half, and then Tennessee should win this game by, I would say, anywhere from six to ten points. I feel like that's a fair assumption. Given what we've seen this team can do, especially if we go to those two bigs, if we go to Jonas Adu and Tobey Awaka on the floor at the same time, and quite frankly, we thought that was a thing in the past. You know, a true power forward, a true four, you don't really see much of those anymore. You know, Tim Duncan might have been the last true power forward that you saw, but right now, as it stands, we're playing better with those guys in the lineup, it seems to the eye test at least, than we are with anybody else. So... Looking forward to that one. 7 o'clock ESPN2. I will be in the building for that one. Brad, how are you this morning? Doing good, bud. Uh, I guess you buried the lead. I guess you can't talk about yourself, though, but uh, it's your birthday. Uh, It's an even bigger day, right? Oh, a little bit. With the big game, so happy birthday to you. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, no, it's a big game, obviously. Not not just the fact it's the next one, so that automatically makes it the big one, but uh, you got Pearl coming back in town, got a quality team. Uh, second leading scorer, uh, I think, is a question question mark. Uh, Jalen Williams. Uh, I know he traveled. I'll see if he plays. Uh, and you're right. I mean, you know, we have uh, certain games we have gotten off to fast starts. You know, you jumped out early, jumped out early on Kentucky, teams like that. Uh, I can see us coming out firing on all cylinders uh, more so than starting slow tonight. I think it's a big game. Could come out over amped, I guess, and overshoot the ball, maybe some early turnovers. Hopefully not some early fouls. That could be, you know, you're reaching in and stuff like that. But, uh, no, looking forward to the game. And, uh, you know, I think I think we'll uh, take care of business. So, uh, but, yeah, looking forward to it. Basketball Brad has already chimed in. He said Brett got in an intro before Adam Hickman did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Marcus, how are we doing today, man? I'm going to save some of this energy for my segment, but I'm not <laughs> happy with people on the road. Oh boy. I wish them nothing but the worst. And uh I'll save that for then. I want to see you with some energy, Marcus. Oh, I always your, have, your I energy always is energy. <laughs> I always bring the energy. Especially Only when I'm talking me. about 
topics that I care about the most. Yes, I guess our, that's our two Marcus is deadly. Yes, it can be. Yeah, it takes me a while to to heat up a little bit. Sometimes you know I gotta I gotta work it. Uh, you know, it's too early for me. You know, um, whenever I see something say a.m., I'm like, that's not normal. <laughs> that's not normal unless it's one a.m. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm excited for tonight's game. Um, should be a good one. Uh, it's I'm excited that it's at home. Uh, this game feels a lot more capable being at home against uh, Auburn. They're a very good team. Um, this is going to be a, a big first test for this stretch that we've talked about. So, you know, I want to I want to win this game badly. I want to be able to try to push further to have the regular season uh title for tennessee so should be uh should be a good game very nice jack how are you doing pretty good yeah i woke up this morning a little worried about the auburn game today but um you know remembering you as your birthday knowing you'll give us good luck i'm sure once the tennessee players hear about it too <laughs> you know they're gonna win by 40 Dalton Connect will have 40 alone. Okay, so why are you, why is everyone treating me like I'm Rudy right now? <laughs> it's like – I didn't say anything about your birthday. <laughs> the team's going to go I, find you in the stands, pick you up, and just – I just want to point out to walk far. the fact that uh, I just – I liked hearing Jack say, I, you know, as soon as I woke up and remembered it was your birthday, and I just imagine, you know, Jack lying there just wiping away the, the sweat off his brow because he knows that your birthday is going to save save the day. Jack has no eyebrows. I mean, it's hard to see them, but I, I believe they're there. That's true. They're there. Okay. Marcus knows. <laughs> I used to... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Not, not like that. Ugh. I, when I was... Uh, fun fact for you. Uh, when I was younger, I my especially when I was a kid, I had a lot lighter hair at that time. Uh, so were my eyebrows. Some people thought I didn't have any because they were so blonde before they started darkening. Uh, over age and time that people thought I was like do you have eyebrows I'm like why would I shave them why, why wouldn't I have eyebrows of course and all of a sudden you have a red beard and then I had a red beard yeah things are strange um, things are very strange you know and I'm just glad it's your birthday because otherwise I don't know if I could have handled the the day the way it is sorry I'm just trying to join in on on their action very very interesting 52 this year 29, Marcus. Ah. 29. Welcome. Tennessee has been given a 67.1% chance to win this game, according to the ESPN analytics. In their last five, Tennessee is 4-1, with a lone loss coming to Texas A&M on February the 10th. Auburn in the last five absolutely shellacked Georgia this past Saturday, winning 97-76. to For that, a loss to Kentucky by 11 points, 70-59. Win against South Carolina, 101 to 61, a loss to Florida, 81 to 65, and a win against Alabama, 99 to 81. Auburn's averaging about 82.7 points per game to Tennessee's 80.3. Tennessee points against one point better, excuse me, 0.9 points better than Auburn. Field goal margin, field goal percentage, about the same. Rebounding, about the same. Assists, about the same, because that's the one advantage I feel like yeah, I've hit on more than anything is Tennessee's going to dish the ball around a little bit better. Auburn does the same thing. They're aver- averaging more in assists, actually, than Tennessee. Tennessee averaging 17.3 to Auburn's 17.6. Now, of course, you have a guy like Johnny Broom in your lineup. You're going to average more blocks than everybody. 
5.9 blocks a game for Auburn to Tennessee's 4.8. Tennessee does have the lead in steals at 8.1 to Auburn's 7.4. As we mentioned, Tennessee on a four-game winning streak, Auburn on a one-game winning streak. They've been kind of back and forth. And if this trend follows, win-loss, win-loss, win, what's going to happen for Auburn tonight? Hopefully a loss. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because no. two of their four conference losses have come in their last five games. Yeah, they're three and two in their last five. A uh, couple losses, you know, one on the road to Florida. Um, they do play a lot of guys. Uh, you know, I, I think they like to get up and down, but I know they're one of the best, one or better defensive teams. I, I think we're pretty even uh, in Ken Palm between the two teams as far as offense and defense goes. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know what the key is to this game is. I mean, is it just as simple as kind of controlling Broom and not let him go off? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know, you know, and I don't know, just for the simple fact you're at home and you've been kind of dominant at home recently, uh, which has been uh, key and well. And, you know, most of our struggles have been against the bad teams. We've kind of played down to the level. When we play a top team, we tend to really show out and put on a good performance. So that's what I'm anticipating tonight. Marcus, how do you think this game's going to go? I think it's going to be a tough battle. I think uh... – we're going to kind of play the way we've been playing, which is a little slower in the in the first, but I don't think we're going to get far behind. And I think we'll pull it out in the second and, and pull away. Um, wouldn't shock me if it comes down to one final big shot, though, either um, from our from our boy Connect. So uh, it's going to be a fun game either way. Like, I, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed by this game at all. So... I'm ready for it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good matchup. I, I was thinking about this earlier. Have we played with the uh, the creamsicle jerseys yet this year? Yes, we have. Okay. Yes. I was I couldn't remember if we had, and I really wanted us to see us wear those. Have you seen the fight that happened in the Kentucky locker room? No. Mm-mm. Apparently, there was a fight in the Kentucky football locker room. Just posted about ten minutes ago. Someone got a German suplex and got dropped on their head. Mincy? I saw him at Westtown Mall about a week ago. Well, I assume he's in Kentucky now. No, he was at Westtown Mall. Well, I mean, I know, but I mean, like, now. Like, you said that was a week ago. Who knows? Walking around a Kentucky football jacket that was about two sizes too small. It's like, man, dude, you transferred up there. They couldn't even get your clothes that fit. Well, you know, it's Kentucky. Are they ever going to do anything in anything other than basketball? I assume not. I don't think they are because they put so much of their NIL stock into, uh, not football, but uh, basketball, that l- you cannot recruit to the same level as all these other schools. Are they Are they good in baseball? I know like half the SEC is like top ten in, in baseball. Are they a part of that? or They're like, You never hear about them in the College World Series. You never hear about them in the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, it. they got us in a series when it was, like, cold and raining up there during the Jordan Beck and uh, Drew Gilbert years. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not literally the only time I can remember them even, even competing, really. Kentucky's just a hack job athletic program. The only thing they have going for them is basketball. I hate the whole state of Kentucky. I hate everything about it. And that trickles into Cincinnati, too. But 
We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Tennessee and Auburn. We're going to be joined here in about 10 minutes by Sammy Kincaid, one of the fan-run OGs, to break down what's going to happen tonight and what to look forward to these last four games. Like we mentioned, this is one of those deals where Tennessee basically controls its own destiny. Tennessee controls what Tennessee does from here on out. You win these next four, you win the SEC regular season, and you're probably going to be a number one seed here in a few weeks once the NCAA tournament starts. Does it seem like that's starting later and later what? each year, the NCAA tournament? Because like our last I game was on like the night. I just started like spring break time. Because usually the way it used to work, I don't know if you guys can remember this, but like back in 08 or whatever, while the state high school basketball championships were going on, that's when the SEC tournament was taking place. Because like in 08, you know, the Tennessee High School Basketball Championship was going on down in Murfreesboro at MTSU at the Murph, the Murphy Center, the Glass House. And then the SEC tournament was being held in the Georgia Dome. And then it got damn near swallowed up by a tornado. <laughs> Scary situation that year. We've not had one of those since, thank God. But you never know what's going to happen in college basketball. This is the part of the year in which you got teams that are fighting and fighting hard to make their case for the NCAA tournament. It's almost like you're, I don't know, battling a cornered animal. There's nothing more dangerous than an animal that's being cornered or a caged animal. <laughs> There's nothing more dangerous than no, that. No, no, not at all. And it feels like that's what we're about to encounter. Do you think we've at least locked in a two seed no matter? What? I think so. I mean, unless you just go 0 Unless you go 0-4, I mean, yeah. So that's a good feeling, right? That's a good feeling. I mean, you got to we're think, not even been a two-seed that often. I mean, we've been a two-seed in my lifetime, what, three times? Yeah. And we've been playing basketball for how long? <laughs> we've been playing basketball since uh, since Bear was born in the 1700s. <laughs> I know the Grant and Admiral year, what was the other two-seeds? Uh, there was uh, Bruce Pearl's first year we got a yeah. two-seed. We oh, got okay. one what, in the year. Yeah, was that the year we went to number one in the country? No. That was the year prior. What seed were we that year? Did think, we drop that much? I think surely we were. A, I, what year was that? That would have been oh seven oh eight. Hmm. I wonder what. So you think if you got to number one in the country that late in the season, surely you didn't drop that many games to where you weren't at least a two seed. I don't know, I'm getting a weird buzzing in my headphones right now. Anybody else getting that? Yeah, I hear it too. Might be the boxes. Oh boy. How do we finish that first pearl year? Uh, you lost a. You almost lost to Winthrop in the first round. It took a Chris Lofton shot at the end of the game uh, to win yeah, that one. I've seen that, yeah. And then you lost to Wichita State in the second, second round. round? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that they had really, a good team. That was like their best team ever, right? Wichita State? Yeah. Their best team ever. Van Vliet and those guys? That was a good team. Um, but they went – what year did they – they went undefeated in the regular season one year and got put out in like the first or second round of the tournament. They were, like, undefeated going into that tournament or something. They had a really good record. Oh, they were incredible. They were nuts. They were great. I mean, it's just like those Creighton teams that are really good. But they don't do anything in March. And you know why they don't do anything in March? Because they don't play anybody. Uh, UT was a two-seed in 2006 and 2008 and 2019. So we've been a two-seed three times. Like you said, 06 and 08. And then 2019. What's it going to take to get that one seed? We were a three seed in 2018 and 2021. We we really do have to win out, don't we? 
If we want a one seed, we are going to have to win out. And I don't think there's any ifs, ands, well, or buts K- about that. Kansas pretty much lost their any chance hope they had last night. Yeah, that was a uh, ugly one. Will they lose BYU? Yeah. I mean, they'll probably give them some sort of benefit because they haven't been playing with McCuller, which is a huge loss. I mean, he's first-team All-American type player. It is, 20, but you had the best. 20, 21 points a game, guy. But you got the best transfer in college basketball. You do. I mean, he went down low. Like 20 and 12. I mean, he, he he had a good night. They just can't shoot the ball. No. Without McCuller, they're, they're not a good three-point shooting team. Uh, BYU made 13 threes. That always helps. Could you imagine having six conference losses and being ranked number seven in the country and you look above them? BYU, or Kansas is 21 and seven, nine and six in the Big 12. You look right above them at BYU. They are 20 and eight, eight and seven in Big 12 play. And BYU is, is not Is that the ranked. Big 12 standings you're looking at? Uh, no, I'm just looking at the. Oh, from the game last from night. From the game last night. Yeah. I mean, Kansas got outscored 33 or 47 to 33 in the second half. They lost the game by eight. They had a six-point lead at halftime and got absolutely shellacked in the second half. Like you said, Jack, they were at home. That is not good. And then Reed Shepard for Kentucky hits the game winner for them against Mississippi State. See, they're third. Night. They're third in the big. They're still third in the Big Twelve. They're behind Houston, Iowa State. But Houston's twelve and three. Iowa State's ten and four. Then Kansas and Baylor are nine and six. So the conference is kind of down, right? I mean. That's a lot of losses for a third, third seed. That's team. a lot of losses. I mean, I guess ours has got about four, but still, I mean, when the conference is as deep as it is, you're going to get losses, more losses, more you frequently. Are. I mean, and then you've got Mississippi State down here before the final buzzer, posting up on the jumbotron to not enter the the court of play after the game is over. I mean, I don't know. How they else thought you they were going to ha- win. I I, yeah, I don't know how else you're supposed to handle that if you don't want to storm the court. I mean, you. you yeah, I mean. If you don't say anything, you know, and it's like maybe you can call a timeout and be like, hey, don't rush the court if you know you're going to win, I, which I thought Wake was doing the other night, but obviously they weren't. So, Basketball Brad has chimed in once again. He said that Wichita State team who went undefeated played an eight-seed Kentucky team in the second round if his memory serves him correctly. I want to say that's right. Brutal. That would be awful. Think about that. Well, think about Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, think about thir- Kentucky. They were 38 No, in the national championship. You had one game to beat. You had to beat Frank Comiskey and Wisconsin and Sam Decker. <laughs> and you couldn't. With Carl Anthony Towns and Booker. Like, like it, it was crazy. the crazy. It was the best roster anyone had ever seen in college basketball. I, I still don't think it was the best even Kentucky roster they've had because they had a team with DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall. True. You know. I mean, you basically had two draft classes and one there. Because I think the year before, I mean, even Duke. I mean, you, I mean, they didn't do anything, but they had Zion and R.J. Barrett and true. Cam Reddish. And, but you know that Kentucky team the year before they went thirty-eight zero or whenever it was, that was the team that got beat by Robert Morris in the NIT. Yeah. So a lot of those guys came back because they're like, no, we have something to prove. So then you had two stacked rosters. And that's when they were using the platoon system, yeah. and it, I mean, it worked out to their favor until the Final Four. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. Imagine going thirty-eight zero, thinking that you are about to go forty and zero. I'd be tough pill to swallow. That that might be the hardest thing to do in sports. Either that or go 162 and 0 in baseball. What's the hardest thing to do in sports? Go undefeated in basketball. Go undefeated in basketball or baseball. I mean, hasn't Hockey, Lady Vols done it? And Connecticut women. I mean, they were just Connecticut women did it like three straight years. They did. But I mean, those two programs were just so dominant. You just expected yeah. it. Now, Marcus can vouch for this. It's probably hard to do it in hockey too. 82 games. It's hard to do it in football. Lot. Patriots. 
Miami. Still only one team. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. In college football, we've seen it. College I'm football, we've seen yeah, it. Yeah, a lot. Year in and year yeah, out, yeah, essentially, yeah, it seems you like. You can't, yeah, not go undefeated and win a national championship, I guess. It's yeah. very rare. Uh, UCF. <laughs> there you go. Boise State. Teams like that have went undefeated and not won championships for obvious reasons. Right. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we return, Sammy Kincaid, the Fan Run OG, joins us next right here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being... Crazy, she don't like the way I dance. I said you don't have to join this. She said she'd take a chance. I've been kind of crazy ever since they went down. I got kind of lost and baby, this what I found. Girls like you just want to take me around, around, and around. Oh, there's two things that you're going to find out. They don't love you and they only love you right now. If I Back here on the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, intern Jack. It is 10-28. We did go long in that first segment. Yeah, we did. On a beautiful, nasty, rainy Wednesday here in Knoxville. Pleased to be joined by the Fan Run OG, Sammy Kincaid. Sammy, what is up? What's up, you guys? How are you doing this morning? Oh, you know, just... uh. You know, rolling in here, ready to watch Tennessee take on Auburn. Not, you know, Tennessee controlling its own destiny here in its last four games, which just so happens to be probably the toughest part of our schedule since we went out to Maui and then had to come back and turn right around and play North Carolina at the Dean Dome. Sammy, these last four games are going to be pivotal for Tennessee as far as getting that number one seed. Because right now, the way that the majority of us see it at least, Tennessee wins these last four regardless of what happens in the SEC tournament. Tennessee's probably getting a one seed. Now, there's something else at stake as well, and that is that SEC regular season championship, which does carry a lot of weight, more so, I believe, than an SEC tournament win given Tennessee's situation. Now, obviously, the script would be flipped. Should Tennessee not be in tournament talks, then you want to go to Nashville or you want to go to Tampa, wherever the SEC tournament is that year, and absolutely ball out, try to get you a spot in the NCAA tournament and hope to avoid the dreaded NIT. Sammy, what is it going to take for Tennessee tonight entering this game as a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Auburn? I mean, it, you know that Thompson Bowling's going to be rocking. So I think it's going to take the crowd being the crowd. Really, you have that home atmosphere, and the guys have to be dialed in. Uh, you can't let the moment be too big, and so you've got to have all of them on the same page. It's what we talk about every single week. we got to have them all on the same page. Um, in tonight's game and not getting distracted by, because you know it's going to be an intense atmosphere there tonight. So I think that's what it's going to take to get the win. Um, and, and you know that uh, whenever Auburn comes to town, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more heated in there. So um, it, it's going to be, I think, a really fun one, uh, but a really important one, I think, especially with this stretch that you're talking about. I, I, I Last week we talked about how many do they have to win to get that seed, that number one seed, um, and I think this is a big one because if you get this one at home over Auburn, that's going to give you so much momentum and confidence going into the rest of these games before the tournament. And, of course, you're looking at two coaches tonight, one who brought the Tennessee program to life in Bruce Pearl, a guy that took Tennessee to its first Elite Eight ever. It's the only one that we've ever been to. 
Got Tennessee ranked to number one. Made some very impressive runs in March. Also, really got involved in the community. Bruce Pearl, like, that's the one thing that you can say is he won, he got involved in the community, and he was fun to watch. Insert Rick Barnes, who takes over after Conzo Martin and Donnie Tindall. I, I, we're not even going to talk about what they did because it was just awful. But you look at Rick Barnes, someone who has had Tennessee consistently in the top ten, not since he got here, but about two years in, he finally got it rolling because he took over a mess. Rick yeah. Barnes has been very consistent with bringing in talent. We know that Rick Barnes knows how to assemble a roster. He has won the SEC tournament. That's something that had not happened since 1979. Rick Barnes had us in contention to have that number one seed, as we thought we should have had when we won the SEC tournament, and now he's got us there again. Rick Barnes could be the first coach to ever take Tennessee to a Final Four, and there is some debate about who the better coach is. Who's the best coach in Tennessee history? Is it Bruce Pearl because he brought the program to life and did it immediately? Or is it Rick Barnes based on the consistency and bringing us something that Bruce Pearl never got us in an SEC championship? Now, Bruce Pearl does have the hand bringing us to an Elite Eight, something that Rick Barnes has yet to do, in which we feel like he could have done it twice. What is it going to take to finally cement Rick Barnes as the best coach in Tennessee history? I really think that it's Rick Barnes. I mean, it's impressive to put a team on the map, but the consistency and to be able to do it again and again, year after year, that's what's more impressive. Um, And I, I got asked this quite a bit while I was at UCF, whenever UCF had that undefeated season in 2017 and everyone was getting Scott Frost, which, yes, give the credit where it's due because before that uh, you had where they couldn't win any games, And so to turn a program around like that in two years, it's impressive. But then once Heifel got to UCF and the success continued, um, that's where it got more impressive is whenever you're able to sustain, especially whenever you have coaching changes and um, you are able to sustain that success. It That's what makes it, I think, very much more so impressive because it's you you can do it once whenever you do it twice three times that's when it becomes not a fluke and so uh i think rick barnes without a doubt is the most impressive coach in tennessee basketball history um i mean it's great again what bruce pearl did and that's why it's always fun whenever bruce comes to town um and you know he's probably in uh one of his interviews that he does he's gonna have some comments about his time in knoxville and uh, it, it's it's always fun whenever he comes to town, but it, it's definitely Rick, I think. And it could be one of those deals, too, where it's like people can say that Bruce Pearl made Tennessee basketball. You can almost argue the case, too, that Tennessee basketball made Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Because he does not get that Auburn job without coming to Tennessee. Now, we know about him flirting with Iowa at one point. We know that he was just about or on the plane to go to Memphis to take the job when Calipari well, left Barnes for Kentucky. Barnes did it with UCLA. Barnes did it with UCLA. But bottom line is, they both chose to stay here. Bruce Pearl got ran off. We didn't really have a choice in that situation. That's one thing you don't have to worry about with Stupid Rick Barnes. <laughs> yeah, the NCAA, goodness. Brett, what you got, man? Uh, yeah, Sammy, just your overall thoughts on the actual game. What are your? What's the key matchup? A lot of people just think it's simply Broom versus Adu. Uh one of the early struggles Tennessee's had is, you know, Adu kind of getting pushed around in the paint uh, versus, you know, better bigs or or 
I don't know what the word is, but just overall, just uh, stronger teams down low. That that's kind of been our why we've lost you know six games is uh, maybe we've been uh, kind of too soft on the inside. Uh, is that your key matchup, or is it just uh, you know the perimeter matchup at guard? And you know I know they've got a five star freshman, pretty good quick player as well, Aiden Holloway and Zakai. Uh, just your thoughts on matchups and just the game itself. No, I think that is going to be really key. Um, Adu, especially uh, if you look at that A&M game. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about it going into that A&M game because I just worked A&M and Vanderbilt. And the reason Vanderbilt was able to, to see success against A&M was because they were able to beat them on the boards, and especially on offensive boards. And so I said that was going to be a huge key for Tennessee going into that A&M game. And if you look at Adu, he had 14 rebounds that mm-hmm. game uh, in total. And so I think that he can't get bullied under the basket. Uh, he's got to be able to bring down those boards and give his teammates some second chances, uh, get some second chance points. Um, you got to be able to execute that. And that is effort. That mm-hmm. is uh, something that, I, I talked to Coach Shay Ralph a lot about this um, because she she's really big on her team bringing down the rebounds. Um, if you can't box out and bring down the rebound, that's whenever she's really frustrated with her players um, because that is an effort. That is something not a, a really a skill that is learned. That is just effort boxing out and bringing down the rebound. So uh, I think that's going to be really key for him not to get bullied tonight and box out and give your teammates or even uh, put up the second chance point, but give your teammates that opportunity for those second chance points. Yeah, and I'd like to just and, and it affects him on both ends because I mean he he I feel like if he starts the game playing soft, it just affects him mentally. I feel like maybe he flips the script tonight. Maybe you can get Broom in foul trouble. Maybe you're the aggressor and you force Broom to make some tough plays against you because I mean Adu has definitely shown that uh, he can go to another level. Uh, he's playing. You know, first team all conference big this year. Uh, you know, and I just worry maybe we're over amped and we come out a little slow. Uh, just the atmosphere is going to be incredible, and maybe we're just over amped and we're reaching in and things like that. Maybe our depth comes into play, but this is where you lean on maybe Josiah and, and Vescovy a little bit more too with their experience. Uh, um, just, you know, I think the key it could be the role players tonight uh, more so than anything as well. Yeah, no, I think especially how you mentioned, lean on those more veteran players because Thompson Bullen's going to be rocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I was saying to start this all off is you can't get too high. You've got to be able to level out your emotions. And even though it's going to be a really exciting environment to play in, you got to remember to play your game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think another big takeaway from that A&M game, if you look at Zakai's assist with 14 – uh, that, that's going to be really big. He's got to be able to be the leader, set his teammates up so that they're able to be in the best scoring positions. Um, that I think it's going to be really key for Zakai uh, tonight to have a good game and really just be that leader that he needs to be. Hey, Sammy. Um, I know we're, we're in this hunt for the, the one seed right now, trying to get that for the first time ever. I'm curious what you think our margin of error is for the rest of the season. Can we drop one one of these regular season games and win the SC tournament and still get it, or do we need to go undefeated here? What's going on? Uh, I mean, with 
Auburn and Alabama coming up next. I think if you drop one of those, it's going to be tough to have that number one seed. Um, It's going to be really tough to have that number one seed. I think that if it's a close game, you kind of lend yourself to, um, okay, maybe, uh, but you got to play at least close. Um, I, I think it's going to be really hard if you if you drop one of these to have that number one seed. Um, but you're really just putting in fake hands if, if you drop one and it's a close game. Um, so I, I I really think you need to win out. Um, but if you were going to drop one of them, I'd say one of – I don't want them dropping any, but I'd say tonight or that Bama game were probably the two that uh, would be the one that you would need to drop if you want to still – Try to get that number one seed. Absolutely. Good stuff, Sammy. Tell us where to find you on Twitter. Thank you so much for hopping on. Absolutely. I keep it real simple. It's just Sammy Kincaid, S-A-M-I-K-I-N-C-A-I-D. All righty. Sammy, thank you so much. We will talk soon. Awesome. Have a great day, guys. That is Sammy Kincaid, the fan run OG, making it happen here on the G.I. Jake Show. Stay with us. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golf. Final segment, hour number one here on the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. Let's go to the phones. 865-546-8200, your number. If you want to hop on with us. Joshy Boy is up first. What do you say, Joshy? What do you say, Jake? Hey. Hey. How are you, uh, Brett, Marcus, and Jack doing? Pretty Good. Good. So, uh, are you guys nervous about this game tonight? No. A little no. bit. Wouldn't be a Going fan around, if we didn't have a little nerves. Right. Going around the room, do you think Tennessee covers six and a half tonight? I don't think so. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes, I do, Joshy. I do, too. What about you, Marcus? Cover six and a half. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel good about it. Um, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, anytime you play uh, Bruce Pearl, it's going to be a tough game. But I like our chances against Auburn. Uh, I, I definitely think we're going to see a, a better team in the second half from us. We seem to be a second-half team a lot uh, yeah. of this season. So um, as long as we keep it close and, and battle hard in the first half, then I'm going to feel good about the second Jake, uh, I would be more worried if Auburn was a good three-point shooting team, but they're not. I mean, we saw throughout the entirety of the year, and we, you know, went over the stats earlier. You know, Johnny Broom's their biggest go-to guy. Yeah, he's going to dominate in points. He's going to dominate on the boards. That's where a lot of their game comes from. Brett, like you said, they're an up-tempo team. I mean, I, I mean, I assume they are. They average 82 points a game, and just knowing who Bruce Pearl is, he likes to get up and down and shoot threes. So, I mean, I, you know, that's the only thing I was mentioning that, you know, would play into our hands, especially at home. But he may try and slow it down tonight being on the road. 
Yeah, it's true. Guys, another game that interests me tonight is uh, Alabama going to Ole Miss. Ole Miss could give Alabama a decent game tonight, I think. That's going to be an interesting one, Joshy Boy, and it really had an interesting uh, betting line on it. Alabama, a five-and-a-half-point favorite against an Ole Miss team that's not really lived up to what we thought they were going to. You know, what, yeah. yeah. When they start the season thirteen and zero, you're expecting, you're expecting something to happen there. And then Ole Miss, they tailored off. You know, all eight of their losses have come in the SEC. They only have a six and eight conference record. Alabama, though, is only a five and a half point favorite in this game. Now Vegas also thinks that there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. The over under set at one sixty six and a half. I fully expect Alabama to cover that. I just don't think Ole Miss has it in the tank, man. What about, uh, Joshy, what about the, the other one that intrigues me even more is the South Carolina A&M game. Uh, well, you mean how Texas A&M is a five-and-a-half-point yes, favorite? Yeah. Yes, that seems yeah. kind of wild to me. Yeah, that uh, that intrigues me as well. I, I would play South Carolina to cover, but. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking. Uh, they're not that good on the rub this year. And South Carolina's kind of faded back a little bit to what they, well, they're projected to finish last in the conference, which is surprising so you know yeah but both yeah both both games are a bit surprising now Alabama has the look ahead factor you know as well they got a big home game on Saturday you know which is good for us that we have in Auburn you know at home so our focus is going to be on them you know so uh but yeah no I think both are in very intriguing games to say the least Jake uh do you think Auburn do you think they'll double team connect tonight or do you think uh you do yes but the good thing well, about I mean, that, well, well, the good thing is they're going to have to be able to dish the ball to somebody but else. They won't double him unless he's got yeah. it just absolutely going. He's going to be going. Well, I mean, I anticipate him having a good night, but I don't. They'd be foolish to double him. We got too many other weapons. That's fine. Right. So uh, I think I'm going to call it right now. It's not really a hot take, but uh, the Kai Ziegler is at least going to have three steals tonight. Three steals. See, if I, yep, was Auburn, yep. if, if I was Auburn, I'd just deny the ball. Like, anytime we try an inbound, I'd just deny Ziegler. Make somebody else bring the ball up the floor. You don't I want Nolan Connect bringing the ball up. We saw what happened there. He also, when he does, he's had six, seven turnovers a game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's not the best ball handler. We've seen that all season. He gets stripped pretty easy. He does. And Auburn, I think, one of the best teams that steals in the conference. Mm-hmm. Jake, uh, I know Tennessee has a really good baseball team, but – I want to see how they look against the SEC this year. I just – with them playing the Sisters of the Poor, I, just, I I don't think – I know they're really good. I just want to see how good they are this year until they play SEC team. I'm kind of right there with you, Joshy, on that. I mean, and this is just a thing in baseball, especially at the collegiate level, is you're going to play, you know, as you said, the Sisters of the Poor. You're going to play your Tennessee Techs. You're going to play your UNC Asheville's, your Albany's, and teams like that. But until yeah. you get to conference play, I mean, you're, you're really going to find out what you got. So, you know, when you play the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Texas of the world, you know, obviously not Texas this year, but next year, I mean, that's when you're going to find out what kind of team you really got. And we're talking about how conference realignment is going to affect football and basketball. Baseball, you're more likely to bring another College World Series home with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. Right. So, I mean, that's going to be something – you know, and that might have been looked at by the SEC when making these decisions. You know, how can we improve baseball? How can we improve basketball? How can we improve football? Well, really, the only way to do it across the board is you add Texas and Oklahoma, in which uh, apparently, I don't know this to be true, but someone down in College Station went on the radio and said 
that the Big Ten is trying to poach Texas A&M from the SEC. Tell you what, if you want them, you can take them. We don't like them anyway. Yeah, take them. Like, is that is it strange, y'all? They avoid Texas at all cost because they were the only school that was not happy about Texas yeah. and Oklahoma entering the SEC. Like, they basically cowered and ran once they found out that Texas was coming to the SEC. The uproar in College Station, the uproar out of that athletic department. They were mad. I mean, fighting mad that Texas was going to be in the SEC because they're a big thing. another loss for them. That's all it, it is. It is another loss for them. And the thing is, like, yeah. the only reason that they were upset is because Texas owns them and they wanted to be the only Texas team in the SEC. That's why they're upset. Right. Guys, uh, out the door, I wonder if uh, War Eagle Karen is going to cause a scene at TBA. Oh, God. You know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. War Eagle Karen is Bruce Pearl's daughter, by the way. I gave her the name War Eagle Karen on the drive about two years ago when they came up here and she went off on Twitter. And I was like, good night. It's War Eagle Karen. And the name has kind of stuck ever since. I've actually had a few nicknames stick. War Eagle Karen, Banner Dan. What else have I had, Marcus? I have no idea. I've had a few. I was going to say, you know that there was a massive rivalry between Texas and Texas A&M, yeah. right? And the reason why they stopped. And they had like they had beef. They had, they had major beef between the two yeah. programs. So, well, it's because Texas could always could afford the better players than what Texas A&M could. Well, it's, it, it also came down to Texas doing that whole Texas TV thing. Like Longhorn the, Network. Or yeah, Longhorn Network. Like that was a big deal that rubbed a lot of people in that that conference the wrong way. A and M being one of them, and so there was there was a there was a, a, some major beef between those, and that's why they. Which stopped. I don't understand because A and M makes almost more money than they do. Well, now yeah. they do. Now that so, they're the, well, the Longhorn Network's not going to be a thing anymore. No, no, no but like gone. back in the day when that's why they left for the SEC. So. Yeah, there's there's a reason why they stopped the rivalry, but everyone wants it back. So I, I don't I think the brass of A and M are not happy about them coming to the SEC. That's it. But I think the fans, the players, historians, if you will, yes, are very excited about the rivalry being renewed because it should be. You should have you have Texas and Texas A and M who are total opposites of the style of city. The type of people, the blue collar, whatever you want to do, like it's 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 a huge difference when it comes to Texas programs. So this rivalry should have been brought back a long time ago, and I'm glad that it's it's finally going to happen. So yeah, the brass of A and M are the ones who don't like it, and that's just because, well, they're they're the higher ups, Jack. They they don't care about us little people wanting rivalries. They they want Marcus to, Jack is the only little person in this room. They. I'm uncalled for. <laughs> unnecessary. Making fun of myself, too. Don't worry. I think that – I know. That's what I'm saying. It's unnecessary for you to call yourself – You ever seen me in a golf shirt? You're not – Like the foot. actual golf material? No. I make an adult extra large look like a youth medium. <laughs> Those, speaking, the, speaking of A&M, didn't they get a – I got a coach from Florida, right, yesterday as well? Didn't I see that? Yes. Like their, our, their top our, recruit, our recruiting, recruiting, guy. recruiting guy. Well, that's what they're all about down there is recruiting. Well, Florida's, by the way, Florida's jumping ship. People are leaving a leaving a, a sinking ship. I think. By the way, if anyone knows how I can track who had a Whole Foods cheesecake <laughs> delivered, please inform me during the break. I'm very curious to who got this cheesecake. Why don't you call? 
don't you call, call Whole Foods? Uh, Whole Foods. Let's do it. Not on air, Marcus. Yeah, just call Whole Foods. Just see who's ordered a cheesecake. So Can't much, be that he's many gonna people. Yell at him. He's going to yell at him. It's so Who much fun. ordered a cheesecake for February 28th, 2024. Oh, my God. I are you? I know you're up. You can't eat it, right? Right. Because it's got what well, you say, a lot of soy, soy in it. So, but it's a nice gesture, though. You should be thanking the person right I, now. I'm going to thank the Wait. person, but I'm just going to be like, was "Sorry, it, man, I can't eat it." Was it? So it was delivered for you. Yes. It, it was from a Whole Foods like near you. You don't have to say where, but is it like, or is it? There's not one near you, right? There's not one near me. No, yeah. there's only one in Knoxville, and it's oh, yeah. is it? pretty fantastic. Oh, you didn't know. know we had a Whole Foods? Oh, I didn't know we only had, had one. Yeah, I didn't know we only yeah. had one. I thought we had like a couple. No, there's a... There's one on Paper Mill right here, right? Yeah, that's where it's at. And then there's a... I thought there was one in Turkey Creek for some reason. No, there's one uh, Fresh Market over there. Or I'm thinking of Earth Fair, I think. Yeah, you're Maybe. thinking of Earth Fair, yeah. yeah. yeah that's where the hippie shop. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably a good idea to head to break at this point. <laughs> Stay yeah. with us. Hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, 